6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. All right, continuing our coverage on International uh, Overdose uh, Day, we've heard concerns, uh, concerns from communities and business over the years about harm reduction services like supervised consumption sites, people not wanting them in their neighbourhoods or what it may bring to their neighbourhoods. Now a group of local businesses trying to change that narrative. It's called Each and Every Businesses for Harm Reduction. And the founder of the organisation, Ewan Thompson, who is also the owner of Raft Brew Labs in Calgary, joins us this afternoon. Hey, Ewan. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me today. Were you taking part in some of the um, the the gatherings to mark this day? Certainly was. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was involved with the march and the rally, and uh, in partnership with Moms Stop the Harm, Friends of Medicare, Aware and lots of other organizations that, that we actually made a, wrote an open letter with. So Ewan, tell me what that was like today. Must have been pretty powerful, but sad as well. Do we, is, is, there some, is there some feeling of people listening, things happening? I know that's a lot of questions in one question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a really hard day for a lot of people that show up to these events year after year and just don't see a whole lot of change come out of it as a result of all their advocacy work and efforts and, and emotional labor that they're putting into this to educate the, the public and educate politicians. Uh, unfortunately, people just continue to, to turn a blind eye to it and, and pretend it's not happening. So, you, you know, I first heard about each and every from uh, Panina McBrien, the executive director of the Downtown Business Association. I was talking to her a few months ago and she said that she had just found out about you as well and was starting to to work with the organization. But can you can you tell my 630 Chet listeners uh, uh, about the organization. Why did it start? Well, I think I'll leave my own personal motivations out of it, but I'll tell you, you know, even today, this morning, I was dealing with an overdose situation here in downtown Edmonton. Uh, a week ago, we had one of our business members respond to an overdose in their back lot here in Edmonton as well. Um, you know, I think we all have our own reasons for getting involved with this. But at this point, I think we're all just glad that there are more people stepping up and trying to address the crisis because, it, you know, this this is in our communities now. This has, not, this has gone way beyond being a public health uh, or social services problem alone. This is, this is right in our backyards everywhere. So um, we, we really just, we really need everybody stepping up and, and getting naloxone training and everything else that um, might help uh, the situation. So from from the that's okay. From, from the last I heard, there was about fifty businesses from uh, you know a wide variety of industries in Edmonton, Calgary, Lethbridge, uh, and Lacombe uh, who have come together to 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 work on this. So, what exactly then are you working on? What is the mandate then moving forward? Is it teaching, showing business owners what to do in case of an overdose? Dose? Is it education? What what is the mandate of the of the group? It's it's always evolving. When, when we started out, it was really focused on just getting the lock zone, which is the main way to mitigate an overdose and, and respond to an overdose, uh, an opiate overdose. Um, 
and getting naloxone into businesses and having them announce that they've got it on site using little stickers and telling their customers that it's that it's there in case it's needed you know in case there's uh, any member of the community that's suffering from an overdose uh, in the vicinity they can respond to it they can get out there and, and use their training this is evolving though uh, into more you know more advocacy work um, as we realize that Unfortunately, businesses have been sort of hijacked as this political tool to create this narrative that um, communities don't want things like supervised consumption sites in their in their backyards. They don't want to see real solutions for this drug poisoning crisis taken. Um, and and I can tell you that we have heard that you and we've heard that over and over again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have heard it, and and from who is the question, right? Um, so. You know, I, I can point to 30 businesses in downtown Calgary within one kilometer of the supervised consumption site that will tell you right now that they want that supervised consumption site maintained and they want those sites expanded. And we have uh, a large number in Edmonton as well uh, that, that are going to say the same thing. There are very few businesses that will speak out in opposition to these sites, and that's the key thing. They won't do it on the record. They'll do it behind closed doors. And as this crisis intensifies, uh, we're we're going to see more and more businesses and community members stepping up and saying we need to put the solutions in place to save lives because that's what's important right now. It's it's not people's biases, perceptions, and and stigmas that that we've all been taught, we've all grown up with, but we we really need to find a way to get past that fast. You and Thompson joining me this afternoon. So you know from from your perspective and and, and the perspective of each and every, then what are those solutions? Because it seems like there's there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of piecemeal solutions. One of the things that I have said uh, from the start is that, you know, we have, okay, well, we'll we'll have safe consumption sites, we'll have recovery beds, we'll have, you know, this, but it it doesn't all kind of seem, it doesn't seem to me to be seamless. It doesn't seem to me to to, to work to get a person through it all, even housing, whatever it is. What is is the solution then from your perspective? I, I I like where you're going with that train of thought because ultimately let's take the alcohol supply as our you know best case example of, of how we're going to deal with with the drugs that are out there that you know they're not going away people are always going to demand them they they have been using them for thousands of years in most cases so let's take the alcohol model because we've already been through this 100 years ago with alcohol prohibition it didn't work obviously people were being poisoned back then in the same way that they're being poisoned today with the opiate supply um, methanol was creeping its way into the alcohol um, supply and people are going blind and dying from that um so fortunately canada reversed course very quickly the u.s did not and many thousands of people died as a result in the u.s of acute poisoning so uh safe supply is ultimately the solution to this safe regulated supply there's no there's no solving this crisis without addressing it from that perspective. In the meantime, yeah, we are stuck with piecemeal solutions. So we've got to get past this unpalatable discussion that has to be had around creating a safe, regulated supply of drugs that people can access and know that, for example, when they walk in, like when we all walk into a tap room and buy a 5% alcohol beer, we know what it is, right? Mm. It's got to be the same thing with all drugs. And we just we just need to educate ourselves that, that these drugs on their own are not the problem. It's it's, it's the way that they're criminalized. It's the way that we have created this completely unmanageable, unpredictable supply that uh, that people are dying from, not not from the drugs necessarily themselves. 
you know, my, my concern is with a safe supply. I mean, there is safe supply, but then there's always, there's still the potential of, of overdose and having, uh, you know, safe consumption sites and then, you know, recovery and treatment. I mean, to me, that, that, is, that is a huge part of this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think recovery, treatment, all of those, uh, all of those options need to be available to people when they need them. Absolutely, um, if somebody is ready to to go into treatment and and seeking and is seeking abstinence from drugs, that's their prerogative and that's their choice. And, and I think we should absolutely support them in that. Um, but the you know the the reality of where, where we are right now is that not everybody's going to get there and not everybody should be forced to get to get there in fact nobody should be forced to to do that against their will so um you know the the idea that we need to focus entirely on getting people through to abstinence Mm. is um is just another smokescreen to to not address the the root cause of the problem which is prohibition Ewan thompson joining me this afternoon Ewan, if people wanted to find out more about each and every where can they do that you can find us on social media at underscore each and every. So we're on Twitter and Instagram. They can find our website, eachandevery.org. And uh, businesses, please, please, we need your voices. Um, you, you can sign up at our website, eachandevery.org. Um, yeah, this is this is the time to step up. People are dying, you know, by the hundreds right now. And, uh, and our governments at all levels need to hear that we need them to do something real about this problem. Because this is the working, this is the crisis of the working age population. People between 50 and 60 are primarily affected. You and thanks for joining me this afternoon. Yeah, thank you very much. Take care. Th- take care. Uh, each and every so another organization that is working towards um, you know helping those who are using um, you know I- educating those and how to use naloxone kits as well. I'm seeing more and more people, more and more people on my timelines picking them up as well. And it's interesting, you know. I was listening to another um, you know expert earlier today saying, you know what, safe supply, you know that's that's just a part of it. Maybe. maybe Maybe that's not the answer, but it has to be, again, I'm going to go back to that full spectrum because you can't make an addict. You can't make someone um, get clean. They have to make that decision on their own. And so when they make that decision, then there needs to be the next step in those in those programs in place or those programs that will help them and that guide all the way through. I've said it a zillion times. It's like an onion. You peel one layer, there's another, there's another, there's another. We need to be looking at this full spectrum.